We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on packers fans welcome into another saturday edition of the pack a day podcast i am of course matt fralick alongside me once again and as always eli berkovitz uh our better looking of the three of us, Janelle Mackey wasn't able to attend tonight. She's actually doing her own darkness retreat, <laughs> Eli, after we found cool. out that Aaron Rodgers was pushing his darkness retreat from misreports um, from Monday or Tuesday till end of the week, which we can assume is Friday or Saturday. Janelle also decided to align. She had a day off from school today from watching the kids, so she thought she'd parlay that three-day weekend into a darkness retreat. So um, we wish her the best. Hopefully yeah. we can get some insight from that um, next week when we talk to her. But um, besides the darkness retreat, which I know was like the speculation this week, um, Aaron kind of dunking on Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter taking some ricochet shots. Um, not much to get to this week until Friday afternoon, Friday morning, actually. We wake up and our our prayers were answered. Eli, we get some news that, um, you know, even across the NFL, we haven't seen some uh, contract negotiations right now or restructurings or extensions nothing's really happened this week um other than some coaching finalizations but we get great news that aaron jones will be back he will not be part of a casualty of having to cut him to get below the cap 
Um, but Aaron Jones will be back again in green and yellow. Before we get into more of the contract speculation, Eli, are you surprised that he was back? Did you think he'd be cut, um, especially even after last year? Um, were they or two years ago when they had to bring him back? Like, what are your thoughts on Aaron Jones being back? And um, are you surprised at all? Uh, I, I'm not totally surprised because I, I did feel like he was going to be back. I definitely did not expect him to be back at the cap hit that he was going to have, which I believe right. was $20 million, which yep. would have been the highest cap hit in running back history. Kind of knew that was not going to happen. I don't even, even if, he, I mean, he did have a good year this year, but even if he had a phenomenal year, I still think there would have been work done to that contract. Uh, but yeah, there was some speculation that he could have just ended up being a cap casualty, especially if maybe he didn't want to take a pay cut, this, that. But Aaron Jones, I mean, it was reported when he signed the original deal, the extension, that he had higher offers elsewhere and he chose he wanted to stay in Green Bay. So I kind of always had confidence that he was going to be willing to do whatever he had to do to make it work. And we just see, you know, obviously he's a great player, but just to have him in the locker room, the player he is, the person he is, back-to-back Walter Payton Man of the Year Award nominee for the Packers, like that's exactly the kind of guy you want in your locker room as a part of a leader of your team, leader of your offense. So I'm thrilled about it. Obviously, every week I'm on the show talking about how much I want to see Aaron Jones get the football. So now, hopefully next year, maybe he can stay a bit healthier. He was kind of banged up throughout the season, and we could see him get back to more of a legitimate bell cow. We know he's not going to be a bell cow, but I feel like he definitely did not get utilized as much as I think he should have been this year. So I hope to see that change next year. No, I think it's a good perspective. I think, yeah, I I personally thought he was going to be brought, be brought back as well. But at that $20 million um, price tag, like super expensive, that I didn't re- – I mean, that makes sense. That would have been the highest um, contract for a running back. But you kind of look at some of the – I want to get into this too, is like some of the free agents that are even out there for running back. Um, pretty, pretty thick running back situation right now. Like there's Saquon Barkley, I believe, you know, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Jamal Williams – um, just to name a few, Jeff Wilson. I mean, there's a couple, like, there's a lot of guys out there. And I think we get um, confused a lot when you see someone very productive, like a Saquon Barkley, um, David Montgomery at times, Miles Sanders at times, Tony Pollard, right? Like mm-hmm. it's very, very um, reactionary to be like, those guys should get signed for a bunch of money. And anything we've learned after the last 10 years and probably since like the Le'Veon Bell days is like the the value for a running back is so low where it was in the nineties, early two thousands. And to go out on the open market, I think for a 29 year old running back, Drew Rosenhaus is like, Hey, this makes more sense. Let's restructure. Let's make it a team friendly deal. But ultimately like, yes, it's a team friendly deal, but let us stay, um, you know, out of that messiness of maybe I'll go to a team, have to compete for a spot when in reality, he's a great weapon for the Packers. The Packers organization loves him. Um, Walter Payton man of the year nominee, uh, it's just awesome to get him back. You know, I wish him all the best that he would make more money, but ultimately like the Packers, it was in their best interest to keep him on board because like you mentioned, like he was underutilized probably this year. I mean, there were games where he was, you know, really, really good, but there's also games where he kind of faded away and didn't get his money looks. But at the end of the day, like he is their most consistent playmaker, right? He is an ab- yeah. ab- above average back. Um, I believe someone, someone uh, on the, uh, I think it's a bears fantasy football person talked about he's a quality back he clapped back and said yeah you know he's definitely more than a quality back or he appreciates the quality back something uh, along those lines you would think you would think it's a bears person but that's actually a quote-unquote packer fan who 
whatever. I've I've had my run-ins with in the past. Okay. So I into it, but yeah, that was funny. Calling him a quality back. I don't know how you could look at Aaron Jones and call him a quality back. That is such. It's just disrespectful and and just not not correct. He is. Again, if he was used the way a lot of teams, not maybe not anymore, but teams, some teams use their backs, and teams obviously the way they used to use their backs, like you mentioned in the earlier 2000s and the 90s, Aaron Jones would would be, I mean, I think closing in on 1,500 rush yards, let alone receiving, but just 1,500 rush yards a year, 15-plus total touchdowns, just an absolute dominant beast. So, you know, look, that's the era he's in. Having A.J. Dillon there doesn't hurt, but we all know Aaron Jones is one of the most talented backs in football. 100%. You look at just like statistically last year, had 1,000 yards, um, most rushing yards in a season. I think we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Um, played all 17 games, which is massive. Just over 200 attempts. Didn't see the end zone as much as you would like to see on the ground. Only two um, touchdowns, three through the air. 36 receptions, um, or excuse me, not 36 receptions, uh, 30 Ooh, looking at the wrong 59 receptions, 72 yeah. targets. I'm looking at the long he had for his, his rush. I think the main one that sticks out, um, people continue to point out is um his average on the ground, right? 5.1 yeah. carry average um over his career and a 5.3 last year. So even above his um you know voluptuous career total, and I think he's only up there with Jim Brown. If on first and ten, you're getting five yards consistently, you are going to be scoring on those kind of drives. That's how you stay ahead of the chains and you win football games when you're not falling to third and eight. You know, it's second and ten because of an incompletion, two, three-yard run, or or another incompletion, third and ten. You go and you have a guy like that. It just makes your offense move so much easier. Okay. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It's like it would be – it just – I don't know. I hope I hope they can continue to use him and not overuse him. It doesn't seem like they're doing that, but I think that some of that does count down to AJ Dillon being productive. Let's get into the contract a little bit more, Eli. We're gonna try to uh, fight through this together because there's a lot going on here between adding voided years um, through 2027, three years on the back end, so it'll be 25, 26, 27 will be voided years. He's technically under contract, um, you know, for all those five, but the two that he's actually has money on the table for, I believe he's getting. 28 million, if I'm not mistaken, from what I had saw. Um, so I'm double check that. And then also, uh, essentially, the, the simplest way to break this down, he was lined up to make 20 million this year. They cut his contract down to um, eight plus a signing bonus. So they saved about 11.8 million, almost $12 million. Um, so it, it works out for them you know, tenfold, right? They take him from a $20 million to just under $8.2 million. Um, that cap hit in 2024 will be $17.7 million. So it's just about 25, I guess, 26 um, between the two years. Um, it's great. You know, it's one of these strategies that, you know, teams just keep pushing out money, pushing out money. Um, it works really, really well. You know, I'm going to say it to take advantage of a running back who's been on the team, who's 29, like I already mentioned, who probably wants to stay here and doesn't want to go out that open market, sees some value playing with a, you know, a stable offensive line that didn't seem so stable going into the year, playing with Aaron Rodgers, presumably, you know, a young team overall that I think does incorporate his skill set into consideration because you might go to a different team that isn't the same type of offense, or maybe it's going through some, you know, growing pains. They're switching OCs, they're switching core or the quarterbacks, head coaches. They might switching from an offensive style 
um, team to a defensive style team, similar to maybe the um, the Cardinals. Like you're, yeah. you're you're not sure where you're going to end up. Um, so ultimately, I think the most important thing is just look at the next two years. Him being under contract for eight point two this year, seven point seven the next year. You hate to speculate, but like probably an opportunity to restructure again. I'm assuming if that's even an option. Um, and then yeah. those void years on twenty five, twenty six, and twenty seven. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they – that's essentially what they do every offseason. They spend most of the offseason restructuring contracts, and I think they've done it now with Amos and Preston Smith. I think each of them – I mean, for sure once, if not more. I know they've restructured Dean Lowry's contract a, a couple times. Uh, this is just what they do. Uh, Russ Ball, obviously, very good at it. Doesn't really get talked about a ton, but we all know that he's – a wizard with the books um, for the Packers. So, yeah, like you said, wouldn't wouldn't be a total shock if it was restructured again next year. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens when we get there. Definitely. Um, still an option for them in 2024, so next year, to convert uh, some of that base salary that we discussed, the 17.7, um, into a signing bonus and then push some more of that dead money into 2025. But, I mean, the – the salary cap gymnastics are difficult. I always tell everyone, uh, go check out Ken Ingles on Twitter. It's at Ken, I-N-G-A-L-L-S. He's one of the best people when it comes to Packers Twitter. He takes a lot of things um, into consideration, how the Packers usually like to go into an offseason with some certain dollar amount to spend, into the actual regular season with some dollar amount to spend. So go check out what Ken's got there. He breaks stuff really, really down well, and he's a CPA for a living, so obviously a great person to get some numbers from. But ultimately, Aaron Jones is brought back. They start prioritizing some restructuring early on. Um, like I mentioned at the start of the podcast, like not a lot of teams you're seeing getting into the contract deals right now. So it's like cool to see them even getting that out of the way before March to get prepared for free agency. And, and speaking of this offseason, Eli, we've continued to monitor the Aaron Rodgers saga that is, will he be back? Will he be traded? Lot, betting lines have moved. Offensive coordinators have shifted, drawing narratives. Coaches have been fired. You know, it's just gone, you know, through this wormhole, if you will, of different things that we're pulling from. He's in currently in a five-day darkness retreat. Not sure if that started today or Saturday when you're listening to it, but ultimately he's probably going to get out of it realizing that there was more stuff on the timeline. Um, and I'm stepping around the article that came out from Bob McGinn via Golong TD, um, Ty, Ty Dunn's uh entity over there Bob again as we know has been around the NFL for 40 plus years longer than you and I've been alive covered the NFL quite a long time has been notable I would say for misstepping um at times I'm not going to really speak about my opinions about him that much I will leave you with the note that um in 2021 he was under the impression that Rodgers would be gone as long as Gudikins had the job and that they were he was continuously mocking Gudikins um you know, obviously that never happened. Right now, Bob McGinn has an article out stating that essentially the Packers are done with him. The Packers being everyone within the front office from Gutekunst to CEO Mark Murphy to Matt LaFleur says they don't think he's working hard enough, thinks he showed up in 2022 not in his best shape, and that he blew off the offseason program. Some of that's probably true. Um, blew off the offseason program, possibly, but I think we've seen after how many years he's been with the team, almost two decades, that he's going to you know, remain the same type of player he is, way he does his offseason work. Could he have came in and worked with a, you know, the, the Sammy Watkins of the world or the, the 
the rookie receivers, 100%. Um, 20, I mean, saying he's not in his best shape possible seems like a stretch based off of how we've known him to kind of get back under the squat rack, kind of handle his diet a little bit more. Um, I guess at this point, you know, just to quote Bob McGinn, he says they're done with Rodgers. Discussions with ever someone who has firsthand knowledge of it, he's not coming back. I mean, they're disgusted with him. They're done with him, and they're moving on. Um, McGinn's totally convinced Rodgers won't be back as the starter, and if he is even brought back, he would almost be backing up Love, which also seems insane. I, mean, I guess that's, that's when you know. I mean, there's so many parts of this that are, you know, funny to me, but going as far to try to say that, I mean, in, there's zero existence or world or universe in which Aaron Rodgers comes back to the Packers to back up Jordan Love. I mean, I, I said it on Twitter. I'll say, I mean, there's a better chance I'm the backup for the Packers this year than Aaron Rodgers. There's a better chance. I mean, it's just, that's absurd. And I mean, overall, you know, to say they're disgusted with him, they're done with him, they're, they're sick of him, again, seems very dramatic. And I just find that I just find it hard to believe. And like you said, also, when it comes to being in shape, I mean, Aaron Rodgers seems to, if anything, continuously be getting kind of like thinner and better shape. I feel like that's kind of like the trend. You know, maybe Tom Brady started, I don't know, but guys just seem to be getting thinner and in better shape, honestly, as they age, um, at least quarterbacks. But yeah, one thing I will say, and I think I've said it on the show before, is yeah, I, I would have loved to have seen him come in for the offseason programs, work with Watson, Dobbs, Watkins, whatever. He didn't. He hasn't done it now for a couple of years. Again, I mean, he he didn't do it for a couple of years, and he also won a couple MVPs. So I don't think it's fair to say after one year where it doesn't work to blame the whole season on it when the other two years he won a couple of MVPs without really working in the offseason. But yeah, I mean, I, I would like to see him do it. And I think if he's back, I just don't see any reason why he wouldn't be there. There's just two years ago when there was the whole back and forth, fine. But like last year, I think he should have been there. And if he's back this year, I think he should be there. But everything else about this article, I'm not I'm not really stressing out about over. But what about you, Matt? Yeah, it kind of stinks to me. Like if we're going like buy or sell, right? I'm, I'm selling this. Um, you know, not to take away from Bob McGinn's credibility of his – entire career but it just seems like over the last few years he's lost his fastball um and it would be different if it was just like you or i or me and my buddies talking about how bomb begins lost and there's people that are far more notable across um the twitter landscape or the podcasting scene or the blogger sphere like that are kind of questioning whether you know the validity behind this um that's when i my ears kind of perk up sure there's always you know there's sometimes where there's you know there's smoke there's fire this one seems like I'm, I'm selling this. I don't really believe it that they are, you know, fed up with him by any means. I don't think that would be the case. I mean, maybe it is. I think you and I are kind of a little bit Rogers homers, you more than me. But like, I just don't think that everyone in the organization at the at the top is pissed off with Rogers. I don't think that's the case. It seems like if that would have happened, because it did happen, it seemed like a couple years ago, and they ironed that out between him and Gudikuns, unless that's complete BS, and we've been you know, had the wool pull over our eyes for the last couple of years that the relationship's in a better spot. And it's not, um, it sounds like him and Goody talk all the time, you know, about, you know, they're not long conversations, but they have a relate working relationship, which is great. I, I, you know, I, I can, I can get behind the fact that they would trade him, um, to the AFC, possibly the NFC and get some draft equity from him. I think that's a, a great decision, especially when you're trying to maybe recoup some of the loss that potentially could be with Jordan love and you trade up for him. But at the end of the day, like, 
I don't think they would just like if they're that pissed off with him, you know, let him go or trade him for pennies on the dollar. That doesn't seem like something that would happen. And I also think, you know, just thinking out loud as I'm going through this, like this is kind of detrimental to the Packers organization because if they are in the camp of trading him, which I think is a great possibility, Bob McGinn is basically just screwing over the Packers when it comes to what they'd able to get for capital on him, right? Because they're just going to be like, oh, man, they're pissed off. They'll give him away for a fifth-round conditional pick, where in reality they could get a couple first-rounders, maybe a couple seconds or whatever. And, like, Bob McGinn's not doing um, the team he covers any services. Not that that's his job, but even sometimes we've seen this where it's like misinformation gets out there for, you know, around these times of the years and kind of screw up, you know, a team's way they're transitioning or how a player operates. So right now I'm, I'm, I'm not in on this. I just can't believe that they would be that up in arms about him. Um, and a lot of this too has to do with, you know, Jordan love. They're saying like, they're very confident. He could be the next Aaron Rodgers. They're very confident with his leadership, what they see at practice and stuff. I'm not so convinced on that aspect. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I definitely think a big part of it um, is is just looking at if, if they were so fed up with him and so done with him and quote-unquote disgusted with him, which is, I mean, like that's, that's aggressive in any relationship. To say like someone's disgusted with someone, that has to go pretty far. We're almost 20 years into this relationship. I, I think this already would have, this already would have been if it was so bad. And like you said, there was rumors where him and Goody were not seeing eye to eye, but then there were also reports that they met and everything was worked out. So I just, I, I just find it hard to believe that a team almost 20 years into the relationship can be so again, quote unquote, disgusted with their franchise leader that they just have to get rid of him no matter what the case is. And also, um, yeah, I, I go both ways with, with, with thinking about Jordan Love because I really do, see a ton of potential there. I mean, just seeing not even just what he did to Philly, because, I mean, you know, everyone was, yes, it was just a quarter and a half or so, but it was still impressive regardless. But I think last preseason, I was already like, all right, he showed, I think there was serious growth 
from his first two years as opposed to last year in the preseason. I even got a chance to see him live, and he looked really good. So, but but I do think that you know before Aaron Rodgers, let's say won these MVPs or even throughout all of this with with the money and the drama and the yearly offseason, who knows what's going to happen. I think if a team is like, this guy that we drafted, this quarterback, our backup, is an absolute star. There's no doubt about it. I don't know how much you're you're sticking by Aaron Rodgers, as great as he, as great as he is and as much as I love Aaron Rodgers. If you're looking at Jordan Love, the way the Chiefs looked at Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't still be the starter. It's that simple. And I'm not comparing Aaron Rodgers to Alex Smith. But the Chiefs were like, what, 12-4 and four, the year that Alex Alex Smith's last year? And there was no question. It was like, Alex, you've been great. You make it to the playoffs every year. We win the AFC West every year. Too bad. Because Patrick Mahomes, this guy, is the future of the NFL. If the Packers were that, that, that confident in Jordan Love, I think he already would have seen the field. Again, this isn't to dump on Jordan Love. I do still think he has a ton of potential. I think he could be very talented. But I do think that... If it was like this guy is the guy, I think uh, they wouldn't have waited four years now into his career to do that. Hundred percent. Not to compare, you know, apples to apples here, but if you you bring up the Mahomes and Alex Smith situation, you know, Alex Smith comes in basically as his contract or his career revitalized by Andy Reid in that offense, um, and you know, going twelve and four, and you know, that's great for most organizations would kill for that, right? Going to the playoffs and whatnot, but not getting over that hump is one thing to get to the Super Bowl, and they did that with Mahomes. But you have to be really, really confident that that's the best decision because that could set your team back for a couple years. I mean, they're not – they didn't really mortgage much for Mahomes, right? But it's like to get well, – they did trade up in the first, so at least true. something. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, there's still – there's. I mean, similar to the Jordan Love thing then, right? So it's But it's like – you have to be very, very confident. You're going to take your team from a playoff caliber team, which the Packers have been over the last you know, previous years, other than this past one, and going to roll the dice on this brand new kid that has a lot of raw potential, you know, similar to Patrick Mahomes. And it has to work. If it doesn't work, you look really, really stupid. The front office is probably gutted because that completely changes the trajectory for the next half decade of where your team goes. And they were clearly confident enough in that with what they saw from Mahomes, which I think was limited snaps at the time. Where, to your point, like, if they were that confident in Jordan Love, I feel like it would have happened already. Then that's that's kind of where I've been sitting for a long, long time is, like, if you're that confident in Jordan Love and where you selected him, put that aside. Like, the actual talent. Do you think he can be a, a, a top five, top ten starting caliber quarterback and then elevate this team from where it was? There, That really shouldn't be a question at this point if you're that confident based off of what they did last year, right? Missed the playoffs. Yeah could have limped in, didn't limp in. Like, you should be very, very confident that if you're fed up with Rodgers, love should be the easy decision. It should be the easiest, you know, ripping a Band-Aid of all time for you guys if you're that confident in love taking over the reins. I just don't see that confidence. And maybe it's me because, like, we've seen it in small capacities. In that Philly game, he looked solid, right, in that mop-up work where, you know, Rodgers was hurt. He's looked decent in preseason. I just don't know internally in that, in that organization if they're like, you know what, we are going to get – you know, it might be tumultuous for the first half of a season, a season, and we're going to have to take a lot of backlash from Rodgers being gone. But we're very calm, you know, confident where the trajectory is. We're catching Love on the peak of his career and his athletic abilities developing up where we just have to throw him to the wolves. Um, I just don't think they're there yet. And um, yeah, I'm not really yeah. sure. Go ahead. No, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. It's just, no, I was just agreeing with you. It's just, it's weird. Like, you take this guy and – it's, I mean, I almost feel like 
again, like obviously if they were confident enough, I think it would have happened. But also if you're not, like I don't think basically they haven't been committal either way. Like, yes, we've heard reports they're very confident, but yet actions speak louder than words, and here we are where we are. But then we also haven't seen any we really haven't seen anything to indicate that they aren't happy with where he is or that they think, okay, you know what, we botched this pick. And at the end of the day, here we are four years later. And yes, if Jordan Love ends up being the starter, whether it's this year or next year or whatever it is, and he's great, no one is going to think about where he was drafted, what they gave up to get him, who they passed on to get him. But I'm 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 in the camp, and I don't see that I'm ever going to – I don't know how you'll convince me otherwise that if you don't draft a guy like T. Higgins or one of the many very good receivers that got drafted after him, the Packers don't win a Super Bowl by now, whether it's first Tampa Bay – when Devontae Adams getting double teamed all over the field and you have to rely on, and yes, MVS did have a good game, but we all know relying on MVS and Tanya and Lazard, it's not what other teams have. And then for San Francisco, same deal. It's just, we're seeing, I mean, look, look, the Bengals, obviously Chase Higgins, the Eagles, Brown, Smith. I mean, we're seeing elite teams where you can't just have one really good receiver. You need two really good receivers. And I don't think it's a stretch to say the Packers went into this year with zero, on paper, very good receivers. Like Lazard, great, solid player. No one is calling him an elite or great receiver in the NFL. Christian Rodson and Dobbs were rookies, complete unknowns really at the point. And it's like, honestly, I think back, and I think as a fan, like how could I have been so delusional to think that this team was going to even be close to what they were the two previous years? You didn't just lose the best offensive player on the team outside of maybe your quarterback. You're talking about the best – arguably the best receiver in the NFL, one of the best receivers we've seen in a very long time. You lose him, and you literally replace him with a 10-year veteran who doesn't play more than six games a year and two rookies. Like, it's just, of course, of course it wasn't going to be a Super Bowl team. Could they have been a playoff team? Sure. But that team was never going to really compete for a Super Bowl, and that's why it's just, it's just frustrating to look back at what could have been. Because yes, we could look ahead and say what could be with Jordan Love. But right now we're looking at real-life NFL players that have turned out to be studs that could have been on this team and helped them win a championship. And instead, you had a guy sitting on the bench for the last three years. No doubt, no doubt. And I think um, I almost walked myself into a mental pretzel on this like a month ago where I was like, depending on if Love was still there or Rodgers was still there, that would dictate whether or not they you know invest in an offensive weapon. At this point, it doesn't matter who's that quarterback because – I think they have to get an offensive weapon, whether that be a tight end or a receiver in the, one of the first two rounds. I I don't see them going after defense again in the first round because it would just be insane to continue putting assets in a defense that is kind of floundering, and you've put a, so much time and energy into that defense with drafting and a couple free agents here and there. It just seems like it has to be a receiver um, or a tight end regardless of who the quarterback is. And the final point I want to make before we wrap up here is, you know, over the last – I don't know. We'll call it five years, but there's been longer than that because there's been between the Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers relationship, the relationship he's had with his family, that being Aaron Rodgers, all the other personal stuff between his different personal relationships with um, his different girlfriends and fiancés or whomever, and all the rumors within the organization, like I said, the last five years, at the end of the day, most of them have been BS. Like really, like when you think, when you get down to it, he's either debunked them by his own words on the McAfee show, either debunk them in his press game conference, you know, uh, press conferences, but like truly like 
after we kind of can you look back and reflect back on his career like most of it's been bullshit and yeah. it it's unfortunate he's mentioned that i do think you know there's a couple things between you know his his immunization and not being vaxxed thing i think there's but he was calculated with what he was saying at the time but like at the end of the truly like if you look back on all the reports that are out there a lot of it is just people slinging mud at him and he's talked about that he's basically said there's a certain group of writers and a certain group of people that just don't want to me to exceed based off of the way i carry myself the way i talk about things the way i conduct my business you know my personal life and ultimately a lot of those end up being debunked i would say about 80 to 90 percent of it is just like not true so i'm hoping that's one of those items with this mcginn um article if it's not it is huge news going to this offseason if the front office of those three want him gone but ultimately you and i are kind of on the side like i don't really believe it i don't believe it based off of they would have done it already it sounds like you're on the same page and i think we're both in agreements like it just doesn't seem like bob mcginn would be the guy breaking this on a podcast via uh the go long td.com yeah, so yeah, it's just that's another thing also like just to for him to like to be the one to like because if, again if this if this was actually true like very accurate real obviously massive news essentially the aaron Rodgers leaving green bay breaking tweet which of course would be huge when and if that comes so that just seems unlikely it seems unlikely it would happen while Aaron Rodgers is from what we believe in the darkness, um, it just, it all just seems really fishy and weird. And, and like you said, just all, yeah, I do think, you know, whether it's in 10 years, 15, 20 years, when there's probably a 30 for 30 on Aaron Rodgers and, you know, his very interesting life. I think there will people, people who look back and actually look at all of the things that have been said about him and then all the things that have actually been proven. And it's going to be like, I mean, so much is just conjecture and rumors because, yes, he lives an interesting life, no doubt, and that's going to bring headlines. But just so much is just opinions and conjecture and thoughts and assumptions and beliefs. There's so little that we, truthfully, we don't even know very much about him overall. Like, he just, he's a pretty mysterious dude. And we just, you know, we fill in the blanks where we could. But yeah, like you said, I think at least 80 to 90% of what we see, you know, on Twitter, like we also, we see one thing. And then a week later, like we see so much crap on Aaron Rodgers where it's just, it's going in out of my brain. I can't remember all of the silly rumors and tweets I see about him because it's, it's, it's just too much. It's a lot. He's a polarizing figure, man. I mean, when you, yeah. when you have people that are voting on the MVP, strictly voting against you based off oh, of nothing God. other than, uh, you know, nothing that's happened on the field. That's like, that's when, you know, you've kind of reached this point of like, yeah, people are going to get mad. That was one of the craziest thing, like insane. Just like for like a, a real life like journalist to go out and you want you want to think that in your head, it's bad enough. You're gonna verbalize it and be like, no, I'm not gonna vote for him because he didn't get a sh- whatever. It just that was crazy. The final thing I do want to point out, um, even though I think I said that twice already, was uh, we basically are in the final. I want to say ten days of when um, once he comes out of the darkness, right? Which we assume is Sunday. Or Monday, um, in like the final stretch of him making an announcement to what his decision will be. I believe Andy put out a really good video on the Pack a Day podcast YouTube side, basically just like trying to predict when that um, when that would be. Uh, I just want to double check that. I think it was like earlier this week he put something out, basically just be like, okay, can we pinpoint this now that we know when he's going in, um, you know, to the darkness? when he's going to come out. I think that's just like, it, it's an interesting conversation to bring up of like, if we can pinpoint this, but I think right, right now, 
did I space out and miss uh, an official report on the day he went in? So, so basically, I, I guess I should have said that. So on McAfee on Tuesday, he said it was com- it was um, end of the week, and they kind of pressed him. Oh, end of the week's Thursday or Wednesday? Maybe it's Friday, Saturday, and he didn't really react to Friday or Saturday. So mm-hmm. I'm saying Friday or Saturday, based off mm-hmm. of yesterday or today when you're listening to the episode. Um, so at that point, four days past that would be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday ish. I think he's yeah. going to make his maybe decision the following week, but before March 1st, it seems like that was when the decision is going to come. So maybe by the time we're on an episode next, we'll have an idea. Maybe we got to wait another week after that until the middle of the week. And then we'll have to speculate. Um, I guess it would be on the third of when we record, but ultimately that's it's all we're, what we're sitting here for. Right. I mean, the, the Roger, or the, excuse me, the Aaron Jones news is great. Uh, getting him back under contract and saving some money before they get in the free agency. But we're waiting on another Aaron's decision to figure out whether how, whether or not 12 will be back under center this year. And if not, what the team looks like with Jordan Love. But that's why you listen to Packaday Podcasts every day, right? That's where you get all the latest news, notes, rumors, insights, Twitter BS, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, um, to keep you guys up to date on your favorite green and gold team, 365. Of course, like I already mentioned once, go check out the Packaday podcast on the YouTube side. Andy's crushing over there, almost up to 11,000 subscribers. Had that new rebrand, which is looking sick. New banners, new thumbnails, getting the views up there, and the comment section's going crazy with all the speculation. Um, and it's been fun to continue to watch him grow that. Of course, on the the podcast side, make sure you're subscribed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, like I said, subscribe. Rate, review, send it to your friends, send a little link to your friends, listen with your grandma or grandpa, let them know this is where you're getting all your latest Packers news when they're, you know, when you're just wowing them over the uh, you know, the dinner table. Um, for myself, Matt Freilich, you can still find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. I will, like everyone else, continue to sift through the tea leaves this offseason, figure out what the hell the Packers are gonna do in free agency, you know, do my own. Uh, mock drafts and try not to post as many to Twitter as everyone else is doing and then continue to watch what the hell is going on with Aaron Rodgers presumably over the next week and a half two weeks um Eli where can everyone get in contact with you and what sort of content are you putting out these days yeah so as always uh all my work will at one point or another find its way to Twitter at book of Eli underscore NFL but here during draft season for about the next two months, two and a half months, actually. I will be uh, doing most of my writing over at PackReport.com, mostly just uh, highlighting players I think the Packers could and should be targeting early on in the draft and just throughout the draft in general. And uh, look out for myself, Jen, and Zach Jacobson to return uh, with our weekly show, Open Book. Um, Not sure if I'll be, uh, probably this upcoming week, I would say we'll be back. So keep an eye out for that. And, uh, yeah, but just, yeah, check out Twitter. That's where really anything uh, I do will find its way there. The Twitter goes crazy. And if you haven't already followed uh, Packaday Podcast on Twitter, obviously go check out Packaday Podcast. That's where you get all the latest episodes from the YouTube side, from the podcast side, all in one spot. You haven't made a Twitter account in 2023. I highly recommend it. If you're not on there, check us out on Instagram or TikTok as well, Packaday Podcast. For Eli Berkovitz, Janelle Mackey, who could not make it, Today, I am at Freilich. You guys take care. Be well. Have a great weekend. Enjoy, I guess, the NBA All-Star Weekend if you're NBA fans. And as always, go back. Go.